You're listening to KVC Arts, arts and entertainment, as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming. Performances are starting to happen again, and with that, Margaret Worsley joins us once again to find out a bit more about the California Chamber Orchestra and an upcoming performance by the Hausman Quartet with works by Haydn and more. I'm Margaret Worsley, and I am Associate Professor of Music at San Bernardino Valley College, talking today with conductor Dana Zimbrick, who is the Artistic Director and Conductor of the California Chamber Orchestra. Their upcoming performance, Music in the Garden, will feature the Hausman Quartet and will take place on June 26th at 4 p.m. at the Murrieta Public Library. The concert is free, with advanced reservations required and limited seating. You can visit calchamberorchestra.org for details. Dana, we already know each other from past musical collaborations, so welcome. It's lovely to chat with you again. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to talk with you today. Let's just dive right in. You've been the artistic director and conductor of the California Chamber Orchestra for 11 seasons at least. There is clearly a symbiotic relationship of trust built between all stakeholders there. Can you tell us the story of how you found them, or rather how they found you? Did you help start this group? Thank you so much for that question. I can't believe it's been 11 years, and in some ways, after being through this year that we've all just survived, I feel like maybe it should be worth 10, (laughs) right? (laughs) But it was only one, but that's okay. So I came to the chamber orchestra. It was already in existence, and I had actually had an opportunity to meet one of the founding board members, Luann Farrar, who recently passed away, may she rest in peace, and she was part of the group in the community of Marietta and Temecula that was working to bring more classical music to the area. She and I had known each other from some previous work down in San Diego, and she called me and said, hey, our orchestra is in need of a conductor, an artistic director. Do you have any interest in applying for the job? And, of course, I thought, what a great opportunity. I'm not going to pass it up. And I'm down here in San Diego, so I went up to Temecula and had my interview and met the board and talked about their vision for the orchestra, what I would hope to do as artistic director for the orchestra, and we all hit it off. It was fantastic. And then I kicked off my first season that year. The other little crazy life thing that was happening at the same time is that I actually became a mom in June of 2010 and then had my first concert with the orchestra in fall of 2010. So there's a lot going on at the same time, but it's been an incredible time. That's awesome. And I would love to touch more just about being a mom and being a woman in this industry. That's fantastic that you are able to do all of it. That's very inspiring. Going back to the organization of the California Chamber Orchestra, I would imagine that you got along very well as far as your vision of what classical music can look like. I was looking at the website there, and you have a fabulous quote on the California Chamber Orchestra website, which I must share with our listeners. You say, I put the music in context with stories about the history, art, people, and places that helped shape what we're hearing. 
why is or why are context and stories and history so important, particularly with classical music? Well, first of all, you know, the whole way that I have experienced music for myself has been in that all-encompassing way. I think that absolutely the context of where, like, what was the composer going through? What was happening in history when the piece was written? What was the inspiration? Do we know? We don't always know. Was there visual art that was being created at the time? What was it in response to? How does this all come together? For me, it really helps make this music so relevant. I think it's easy for people who maybe don't know a lot about classical music to think, oh, that happened 400 years ago. What on earth does that have to do with me today? And then you go back and you read more about, I don't know, Johann Sebastian Bach and how he was, you know, writing all this crazy music. People thought he was out of his mind. He didn't get jobs that he wanted. And then he had 20-something kids. I mean, his life was in chaos. And then you hear his music, and his music is so chaotic also, but in a genius sort of way. I don't know. I just I feel like it can bring out so much more meaning in the music and in the art that music is. And certainly as a conductor, when I'm studying a piece, I really want to understand as much as I can about where did this piece come from? Who was the person behind the score? And then how does that knowledge help us deliver the music in a more meaningful way? How can we connect to the audience? Actually, one of the most enjoyable parts for me of being a conductor is part of my job is that I have to set all that stuff up. I have to research it. I have to, you know, find it. And then to have an opportunity to share it with the audience and share it with the musicians and have that be part of our concert. I love it. And I think it does just really help make music that also can be sometimes, especially some contemporary music, can be really difficult for audiences to approach a first time. But if you can give some context, if you can lay the groundwork, you know, where did this fall in line in history, I think it can just really help people appreciate it more. And I love all of that. That is so fabulous. You know, it's no secret that there seems to be an intimidation factor around classical music, whether it's because it's really old or because, like you said, some of it's really new. So it sounds like this is something you are keenly aware of in your programming. Is that right? Yes, definitely. And, you know, just to talk about programming for a minute, I have really worked and our organization has been dedicated to making sure that diverse voices of compositions, like diverse composers, show up on each of our programs. But part of that has been understanding that we have an audience, that we have some classical music aficionados, we have some people that are new to classical music, we have a lot of students that come, and wanting to make sure that the context and the way that all this is presented is so that it's successful. And successful means that the audience feels something, right? That they're moved in some way or they understand something in a different way. I feel like that's part of my job, is to make music, classical music in particular, not intimidating. Approachable. We have to make it approachable. Approachable. I like that. Let's talk about your upcoming concert. It's called Music in the Garden and features the fabulous Hausman Quartet. The Hausman Quartet is a well-established and innovative string quartet that has toured all over the world but is no stranger to Southern California with ties to the mainly Mozart Festival, I think they were quartet in residence at San Diego State University and so much more. Were you already connected to this group and able to ask them to join your concert series? Are you yoga buddies with Angela or was it more of a formal ask? 
I have had a chance to work with the members of the quartet for a number of years. In fact, when they're not performing as a quartet, many times these four musicians, thankfully, are in the string section for our chamber orchestra when we have our larger chamber orchestra concerts. And I've always been just so impressed with their diverse programming, their high artistic level, and then the way that they are just out there doing things. They have a wonderful series that they do called the Haydn Voyages that takes place at the Maritime Museum in the Bay in San Diego. So you can actually go on an old ship and sit in the bay and listen to a concert. Cool. Yeah, they do so much cool stuff. They've also got a really awesome chamber music coaching program for students. Mm. So if you're, you know, I think even advanced middle school, but certainly high school, you can sign up for weekly chamber music coachings with them. They're just amazing. You know, I certainly have become more familiar and more friendly with them over the years as professionals as we've worked together. But really, when the California Chamber Orchestra knew that it was time for us to begin again with in-person programming, I want it to be a fantastic concert, and it made so much sense to reach out to this quartet and say, hey, are you available? Will you do this? They seemed really excited. They have performed for us on our Classics at the Merck series as well as a quartet. So they're very familiar with our organization, and we're familiar with the level of music and the performances that they do. So it seemed like a really good choice for this very special Music in the Garden taking place later this month. That is so awesome. I just love how we see these musicians who are kind of pulling out all the stops as we come back from COVID and just bringing out some wonderful, wonderful artists. That's awesome. Can you tell us what repertoire will the Hausman Quartet be performing for the concert? And did they pick this or did you pick this music? So I would love to talk with you about their programming. So after we had talked about, number one, are you interested? Are you available? Does this date work? All the fun stuff that goes on. Then we started talking about programming. And honestly, they sent me this program and I thought it was perfect. I was just like, yep, this sounds great. So the main part of the program will be a Haydn string quartet, which As I mentioned earlier, Haydn is one of their kind of signature composers, especially with this other series that they do down in San Diego. So they're presenting Haydn String Quartet. And then they have a lineup of three contemporary women composers and then one Mexican composer. And all of the pieces are super interesting. So they're going to play a really cool piece called Strum by Jessie Montgomery. She's a black American composer, young woman, but her works are being performed all over right now. In fact, I found out that this piece also has a string orchestra arrangement, so I'm like, oh, how soon can I do the piece again (laughs) with the orchestra? (laughs) They're going to perform a piece of music by the Mexican composer Sylvester Revueltas, Um, and Revueltas' music is always very interesting with lots of multi-layer rhythms inspired by music of Mexico. They're performing a piece of music by another young American woman named Caroline Shaw called Valencia. Then the last composer is Alexandra Vrebilov. She is of Serbian descent. 
another young woman writing amazing music, and I really love how this whole program is quite varied with lots of influences coming in from different parts of the world and certainly very contemporary music paired with some very traditional older classical music. So I really feel like there's going to be something on this program for everyone. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, we are too. That sounds fantastic and diverse and just an expansive collection of rep performed by some incredible musicians. It's going to be great. You're listening to KVC Arts on 91.9 KVCR. I'm Margaret Worsley. Let me just reintroduce my guest. We're talking with Dana Zimbrick, who is the artistic director and conductor of the California Chamber Orchestra. Their upcoming performance, Music in the Garden, will feature the Hausman Quartet and will take place on June 26th at 4 p.m. at the Murrieta Public Library. The concert is free with advanced reservations required and limited seating. You can visit calchamberorchestra.org for details and ticket purchase. Dana, we already know each other from past musical collaboration. Music in the Garden will feature the Hausman Quartet and will take place on June 26th at 4 p.m. at the Murrieta Public Library. The concert is free with advanced reservations required and limited seating. Visit calchamberorchestra.org. Let's talk just a little bit about the California Chamber Orchestra organization. There seems to be three branches to it. We've got the classical series concerts, and then the classics at the Merck recital series, and finally an educational outreach branch. Do you oversee all three of these areas? And if yes, do you ever sleep? (laughs) Thank you for that question. So I oversee the classical series, I oversee the educational series, and then I work very closely with Michael Molnau, who is the curator for the Classics of the Merck series. He's a wonderful violist and musician, and he has been tasked with really helping to find the right musicians for the series for Classics at the Merck. And so I work with him on that program. And actually, I should let everybody know, because we're very excited about this, our Classics at the Merck series, this is a chamber music series that happens on Sunday afternoons at the Merck building on the campus of the Old Town Temecula Community Theater. We're going to be restarting those programs for live in-person chamber music concerts starting in September will be the second and fourth Sundays of the month starting at three o'clock. So lots of great live chamber music is coming and we're really excited to be able to be kicking that off. And yeah, so as you mentioned, there's the orchestra part, there's this Classics at the Merck series, and we also look forward to restarting our education program. We've had a wonderful partnership with the Murrieta School District. For the last few years, we've been able to do a live concert at Marietta Mesa High School for all the fourth graders. This last year, we turned that into a video project because of the nature of what we were all dealing with with the pandemic, but we are looking forward to restarting our in-person program for fourth graders. We're trying to get them inspired about music and excited about music so when they have an opportunity to learn an instrument through their school district starting in fifth grade, that they've had a really good introduction and have an idea of maybe what they would like to try. Well, congratulations on just keeping the ball rolling even during the pandemic. That video project, just a fantastic way to make lemonade out of lemons during a pandemic for those fourth graders who can and should be learning about these instruments. That's so wonderful. Way to go. Oh, thank you. 
So you mentioned a little bit about the Merc in Old Town Temecula. Your organization utilizes at least three different venues that all happen to be beautiful spaces, including the Gershwin Performing Arts Center at Murrieta Mesa High School, the Merc in Old Town Temecula, and the Murrieta Public Library. Do you have a favorite performance space, either of these venues or anywhere else in the world? Oh, my gosh. You know, I will say we've been really lucky that as far as venues in the Murrieta area and Temecula, you know that there's been these great places. I think the Merc is spectacular for chamber music. The brick walls and the intimate seating really make it a spectacular place to hear a small ensemble, to have a Q&A afterward where you get to have a talk back with the artists. That's just been a great venue for that series. Being at the library, I really like the accessibility of the library in Marietta, and the Marietta Library has been really, really kind to us in order to be a partner. We've done a recital there before, and now this Music in the Garden concert that's coming up, and I hope there'll be some more performances at that venue as well. And then the Gershwin Performing Arts Center at Marietta Mesa High School is a lovely venue. Great sound from the stage and also really good technical capability. We're able to get our audience safely in and out. I think even if we have to still be doing some social distancing by the time we get to orchestra concerts inside again, there's plenty of space for that. We feel really good about that. And that school district, the Marietta School District, has been really wonderful partnering with us as well because they know the benefit to their teachers and their staff and their students to have a professional orchestra performing in their spaces. As far as favorite venues around the world, I mean, that's like a giant question, right? I mean, God, there's so many great places. And of course, I think like everybody, the only thing I can think about lately is, oh, I miss travel. I want to be in Vienna. I want to go to <laughs> London. I, you know, like all these amazing places around the world. So I don't even know if I can pick any, but any and every. <laughs> so many great venues. <laughs> That'll work. That's awesome. Thank you for describing all those places. I'm excited to attend these concerts. So going back to what we had briefly talked about earlier, not to out you, but you are a female conductor and a mom, and there are very few female conductors in the world. It may be asking the obvious, but would you be willing to speculate why? And do you see this changing anytime soon? That's a great question. So I will say that, you know, if you look at different areas of conducting, there's the professional conducting realm, there's college, being a conductor in a university or a college, there's even educational conducting if you're teaching at an elementary school or a middle school or a high school. There's all these different layers of conducting, there's choral conducting. So I've realized that we need to point out in some way that depending on what area of conducting you're looking at, there is much better representation of women in conducting. And I think there are more women, a lot of women that do educational style conducting, a lot of women that do choral conducting. And then it kind of starts tapering off where perhaps there are fewer that reach higher levels of professional conducting. And I think there's a lot of challenges that go along with that. I do think it is getting better. I certainly see a lot of younger women who are guest conducting and starting to get some really good professional appointments. And I think part of what has happened, and I think we're getting out of this, but part of what had happened was really when it comes down to who makes the decision about who the artistic director is, in some situations professionally, that committee may have been made up of people who wanted a Bernstein 
or who wanted like a very kind of older style conductor, someone that they thought, you know, that they had an idea of. And so when a woman would come to an audition, they wouldn't really fit that mold. But I do feel like it is changing, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think, of course, there's extremely talented women out there who have all the skills and all the creativity and all the leadership qualities that we want. And like I said, I do think there are a number of kind of the next generation coming up now that I see a lot more professional women who are kind of reaching those various career points, which, you know, I hope it just keeps getting better. Because part of the reason that I've wanted to have even works by women on our series, on all of our series for the California Chamber Orchestra, and of course, other diverse voices, is I think when we include everybody, we just have more great ideas, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about, like, if we just limit the people that we're going to ask for their opinion and get their leadership from, right? (laughs) And we just take this teeny tiny slice of society you know, think of all the wonderful ideas and all the innovation and all the creativity that isn't being given an opportunity to grow our field. I mean, I think it's a complex question, and I'm sure there are many, many answers, but I do think it's getting better, so that's great. That's super hopeful, and I hadn't thought about this concept of who makes the decisions for the hiring, and that can spark community involvement and getting diverse boards and situations like that. That's really wonderful and inclusive. I'm Margaret Worsley, and I am talking today with conductor Dana Zimbrick, who is the artistic director and conductor of the California Chamber Orchestra. So you are a seriously trained conductor and a seriously trained clarinetist. Have you always wanted to do both, or was there a point in your studies where you decided to lean more towards conducting? Well, thank you. Speaking to a very talented clarinetist yourself, I'm a little (laughs) embarrassed right now. No, we should do a duet. But anyway, so when I was in college, my dream was to be a clarinetist in an orchestra. That's absolutely what I wanted to do. And through the training, I had to take a conducting class. And, you know, it's like all performance majors had to take this conducting class. And a lot of people, I don't know, didn't take it super seriously. But for me, it was an opportunity to really understand the important role that a conductor has how hard the role is, and all the things you have to worry about. And for me, just because I'm crazy, I was like, oh, my God, I guess this is what I want to do because (laughs) I don't ever want to be bored. I don't like being bored, and certainly being a conductor, it's a lot of things, but it is never boring. (laughs) And I think I still wasn't sure how would I kind of navigate these two worlds But then when I finally was done with training and I had moved out to San Diego and I'd started conducting professionally, then I did realize that I needed to focus more on conducting only because it just takes so much time. I mean, score study is never ending and then just all the things that you have to do, it just takes forever. So I did have to put more in that basket, if you will, for conducting. But I certainly, I mean, I just love music and I love participating in music. I think that's one of the challenges of being any type of musician, right, is that you're never done. You know, you never say, well, I'm as good as I needed to be. (laughs) No, there's always a new piece of music to learn. There's always a new technique. There's always something that you can continue to push yourself. And that's true in conducting. It's true in clarinet playing. It's just true in life, Mm -hmm. as it should be. Yeah, there's always room for growth. Right. That is wonderful. Dana, I've got a couple of rapid-fire questions, if you're willing, and you can take one word or a couple of words, just some quick questions here. The first one is, who inspires you, musician or non? I will say that moms around the world inspire me. (laughs) How's that? That's a funny question, but yeah, because as you mentioned before, I am a mother. I have two children at home, 
And when I see other moms doing amazing work in whatever area they are, it inspires me to keep going. So, Absolutely. All right, next up, who do you listen to when you're driving? Who do I listen to when I'm driving? So I either listen to... I mean, this is just a standby, but I love interviews by Terry Gross on Fresh Air. She interviews some of the most interesting people in the world, and I love that podcast, listening to her interviews. I also have come across a non-classical music artist named Sarah Watkins, and she and her brother, they're musicians, they've recently done a new album, and it's kind of like bluegrassy, kind of country, but really acoustic album, and I'm just loving it right now. So there's a little left turn for you, music-wise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. For our friends who don't necessarily listen to a lot of classical music, who would be a composer you'd recommend them to get into? Oh, my gosh. I think that if you're new, let's just stick with music for orchestra. I would like to suggest some Dvorak symphonies and or Beethoven symphonies. And perhaps Dvorak New World Symphony would be a good place to start. That would be his symphony number nine. There's just a lot in there, and I think it may have a broad appeal and kind of give a lot of things to listen for. But yeah, Dvorak and then some Beethoven. And then once you're past that, then we can talk about some other composers. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can deep dive. Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay, what's your favorite thing to cook? My favorite thing to cook are pies. I love making blueberry pies, (laughs) apple pies, pumpkin pies. Like, I love baking pies. Oh, that's fabulous. Okay. And then finally, do you have a favorite rock band or hip-hop group? Oh, God. No. And that doesn't mean that I don't like rock or hip-hop. It just means that I don't have a favorite. Okay. I know a lot of classical musicians do. I just don't. But I do enjoy listening to all kinds of music. Yeah, that's great. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners regarding the upcoming concert for the California Chamber Orchestra? Well, I just want to say how delighted I am that the Chamber Orchestra is moving forward, that we are going to have an in-person concert. And it is my hope and the hope of our organization that this is just the tip of the iceberg, the start of getting back to live music. And I'm incredibly grateful for all the people that are working to make it happen. And I just can't wait. I can't wait to get going. Awesome. And with that, thank you so much, Dana Zimbrick, for joining us today. It's been such a treat talking with you. Thanks for your time, and it's great to reconnect. Music in the Garden will feature the Hausman Quartet and will take place on June 26th at 4 p.m. at the Murrieta Public Library. The concert is free, with advanced reservations required and limited seating. Visit calchamberorchestra.org. For KVC Arts, I'm Margaret Worsley. Again, calchamberorchestra.org. Also, information at housemanquartet.com. That's H-A-U-S-M-A-N-N, quartet.com. And with that, we wrap up another edition of KVC Arts. Thanks again to Margaret Worsley and to Dana Zimbrick. Here at KVCR, thanks to Lillian Vasquez, Rick Dulock, and Sharina Wad. Music beds and themes heard on KVC Arts composed and performed by Sean Longstreet, so thanks to Sean as well. Many past shows can be found through iTunes, Spotify, and NPR One. And most past shows are at kvcrnews.org arts. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening and for your support. 
which you can do any time of the year. You don't have to wait for the membership campaigns. Go to kvcrnews.org support. And thanks again.